Welcome to B.O. Boys for Monday, January 27th. Yep. It's a raw feed. Fuck it. We're doing it live. My name's Clayton. My name's Pat. And you know what? We're here to talk about this past weekend, which was the 24th. But before we get into box office, we got to talk about huge show news, something that I'm sure everyone has been freaking about freaking out about all week i know because i've gotten a lot of wannabe old boys and wannabe old girls who've been emailing about this we didn't have an episode last week no and we but we recorded an episode last week. we recorded an episode last week we swear yes it happened now we have been doing podcasts for years and years and years bo boys other podcasts we're veterans we're great we know how to record a podcast we know how to record record a podcast of course, about last weekend, which was Bad Boys opening to over seventy million. We were popping bottles, yeah, you know, champagne bottles, celebrating Will Smith being a giant movie star. Still, we'll talk about that. Gordon episode. Part of what we talked about, and we have to be careful here, or else it'll happen again. Yes, talked about an article written by our boy Scott Mendelson at Forbes. He wrote a, a great article about how Robert Downey Jr. is not a movie star. We agreed with him. A, of, almost always agree with the great Scott Mendelson, box office writer extraordinaire. He said, Robert Downey Jr., not a movie star, using, of course, Doolittle as the example, giant bomb. Small part of that article was he offhand mentioned Chris Hemsworth. Well, should we even not mention a, this? N- okay. Not a, not a MS. Yeah. Well, I, I gotta, I gotta. Be careful here, because what happened was he mentioned something about uh, Chrissy Hemi. Maybe we'll just we'll try and code it that way. Chrissy Hemi is not an MS. We agreed with that, and then we went extrapolated. Off, extrapolated. We we went off on a longer rant about how Chrissy Hemi is not an MS, and then we also talked about how there is a possibility. And now I think it's a certainty. It's, it's a certainty, but that that there are certain forces out there in Hollywood, in government, bigger, 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 possibly interplanetary. We don't know. We don't know that are protecting Chrissy Hemi and his faux MS status. And we joked, which we almost never do on this podcast. We never joke. But yeah, we, no, we, we joked. It was a bit. Which we don't do. We don't we like don't do those. Bits. We're not UCB guys. Yeah. You shouldn't even know what that, was, that is. Yeah. Shame on you if you know what that means. So we, we, we said how there are these forces out there propping up Chrissy Hemi as an MS. And if we were to continue talking about that, there's a chance they're going to be listening and, and, and delete our podcast. Yes. Or, or screw with us in some way. Said all this. Ha ha. Ha ha ha. Joke, joke, joke. Next day, I go to upload the raw feed. No editing, of course. Just throw the raw feed up, put our music at the front end. And the file was corrupted. And I shit you not, then just disappeared in front of me off the computer. I've never seen anything like this. Yeah. uh, Never seen anything like this in my life. I've been using computers, not my whole life, because, you know. There was time. Yeah, I'm Gen X, so there's a time I didn't have a computer. But in the, all the years, I've never seen anything like that happen. Pat texted me frantic. Yes. That we- It came through in the text. 
absolutely. how frantic I was. They were all caps, and yeah. that is frantic. That's yeah. either angry or frantic. Yeah. I took it as frantic. There's probably some anger there because you have some issues, but of, we won't get into that. Yeah. Um, There's always a base level of anger. Of course. There is right now. I can mm-hmm. see. You're tensed up. You want to. You just want to haul off and smack me for even saying you have an anger problem. Of course. So he, you're like, we, we won't have an episode this week. And I said, why not? And you're like, you told me what happened. And I immediately got worried. I was nervous because I like to speak truth to power. But not if it's going to get me in trouble. No, no. Like, not if... I'm not going to die on the Chrissy Hemi uh, MS hill. No. That's not the hill I want to die on. Of course not. I mean, I don't want to die on any hills. I always hear these people talking about choosing which hill they're going to die on. Why would you want to die on a hill? Die in a bed. Yes. While you're sleeping. Yes, yes. That's the bed I want to die on. Yes. And that's the sleep I want to die in is what people should say. Yes. If you die on a hill, it's going to be painful. You could roll. Mm-hmm. People are gonna. It's gonna take a while for people to get up to you, depending on how big the hill is. Right. So if this is speaking truth to power, count us, us out. out. Yeah. And we would like to say is that we're willing to be censored as long as we're not in danger. Yes. But we're gonna take this as a mulligan. This is a warning. Right. And we took it. Right. So on that note. Let's sort of, I think we've got a lot to talk about from this week's box office, but we got to just go back a little bit and just, I think the overall thing from this past two weekends, two big stories are that Bad Boys for Life is a mega, mega, mega success, Mm -hmm. and that Doolittle is, as we predicted at the beginning of the year, one of the great new bombs of 2020 and, and one of the big stories of 2020 and it's so funny because we talked so much last episode that you'll never hear about how the expectations for bad boys that whole weekend kept moving and moving and moving yes. up and that was so exciting because at first they were saying 40 yes and we so we're talking about the opening weekend of bad boys for life last weekend martin luther king weekend we rejoice because we thought 40 he's safe yeah that's a that's a a, an opening higher than we expected. Yes. Because you expected it to be in the high 30s. high 30s. And I was on the high end by far of our expectations. And I went under. I really genuinely thought it might not hit 30. Yeah. Because all because these IP movies have not been doing well. I didn't know that critics were loving it as much as they were. It mm-hmm. was at 74% Rotten Tomatoes. So it keeps inching up, inching up, inching up to the point where the three-day, mm-hmm. or the four-day, I'm sorry, the four-day ends up being in the 70s, like 73. Right. And we were flipping out. Yeah. And so last week, you couldn't hear it, but we popped a bottle. And now let's pop another one. Let's pour that out. That is for Will Smith. Tastes good. A genuine movie star. And as Martin, big as he's ever been. And Martin Lawrence a welcome comeback. Yes. This a, guy lit up the screen. A genuine value add. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. This is blockbuster filmmaking done well. Yes. This is a movie that you could understand why people liked because we saw it opening weekend, opening night, and it gave us everything we wanted. So these yep. movies can work. This is a Sony picture. And Sony had uh, a great bit of success this summer with a original movie, Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, taking a chance on 
Quentin Tarantino, which I know that sounds like crazy to say take a chance on him, but it's an original movie in the summer, and those weren't don't always do well. Right. But they took a chance on that, and then they put together a group of people to make this movie what the fans wanted. They did not do that with Charlie's Angel. No, nope. with Angels, which was a uh, was a flop. For well, them. because at, if we talk about IP. The IP is worthless unless a it's an IP that people still want, and two it's an IP that you're delivering on what is what is the core, what is the inherent value of the IP. So we always say Charlie's Angels bombed because at its core, as an IP, it is a jiggle movie. Mm-hmm. It is Cameron Diaz shaking her jiggles her bottom, jiggles her bottom, shaking her tush. That's that is what is inherent to that Charlie's Angel IP. You can't do that anymore. And you didn't do that anymore. Yeah, you didn't so- bring Cameron Tush. Cameron Tush. There you go. I mean, you didn't bring Cameron Diaz back to jiggle her tush. And the movie bombed. And I'm not saying that we should be doing that. No. But that's Charlie's 2000. Angel- that's 2001. That's yes. better back there. So you leave that IP in the past. Bad Boys, what is inherent to that IP is Will Smith looking great and being super cool. Martin Lawrence being right by his side. Being hilarious, being a little scared of what Will Smith is up to. Almost throwing up several times. Yep. And Miami looking great, always having a party in the background, whipping the camera around real fast, cool cars, drug dealers that they shoot. Everyone's got a, like a really hot, you know, uh, colorful shirt on. That is the bad boys IP. And yeah. they delivered. And they also added a few elements, and, and reviewers and articles have been written about this, how they're trying to make bad boys more like Mission Impossible movies and more closely the Fast and Furious movies. Yes. And I am for that because yep. the additions in this movie did not subtract from this movie. Those additions give it a way forward, and I'm for that. I don't need everything to be slavishly what it was in the past. This movie, I think, gives us what we want, but also moves it forward. Yes. And I think we'll have to see how the next movie is going to do, because Bad Boys 4 is already being made. I mean, It has to be. It's a no-brainer. Yeah, they're, they're saying, it's a green light. Let's see when we can get Big Willie and we can get Martin uh, in front of the camera. Let's get this going. So last weekend, it made over $70 million opening four-day. What did it do this past weekend weekend number two bad boys still number one as we were gonna we we knew this was gonna happen yeah. only down 46 percent. that's a so great hold great for an hold. action movie 34 million wow for a cum of 120.6 million dollars it's at 120 going into its second monday that is huge this is a movie now that we could very safely say is going to hit over 160, over 170, yeah. has a shot at 200, which is bananas. There's not a lot coming out before Birds of Prey, mm-hmm. and that is uh, early February. Yeah. So that's going to be It's got one seventh. more weekend before Birds of Prey. And, and there's not much else for- We'll yeah. talk about what's coming out, but yeah. Bad Boys is by far the big movie this coming weekend. I feel like it has a chance to do three weekends at number one. Yes. I don't think, I think anything no can chance. beat it. I think there's no chance that isn't what happens. Yes. So it will happen, is what I'm saying. It will happen. Too so we talked about that. Now let's talk about number two. 1917. Talk about number two, huh? Yeah. <laughs> A big steam in number two. Wow. 
1917 got a little bit of an awards bump. Mm-hmm. People are going crazy for this movie about World War II. Oh wait, no, well, oh, no. So you right. did it. It's, it's about World War One. Everyone That's right. continues to think that this is a World War II movie, and I don't know how loudly we have to beat this drum, but obviously not loudly enough. It is World War One. Hashtag nineteen seventeen is not World War Two. And you know what? We were talking to somebody who is more uh, fluent in history than we are, because we're BO people. We 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 look at history in terms of box office. Yes. So, did you know World War One has nothing to do with Hitler? He's not even the main bad guy. He's not the main bad guy. No, you know what it's about? It was over some guy named Franz Ferdinand. Do you even know who that is? I know it's the not band. The band not, not the band. Not the band. Okay. See, not Take Me Out. Not the band that had the hit Take Me Out. Right. Some guy. They named th- their band after this guy that was the reason for World War One. I'm already boring the audience. You know, they're turning away. They're turning away as I'm saying if, this. Could the band, for, oh, see, Franz Ferdinand, they don't have enough of a, a pulpit anymore. They're not big enough. But if Franz Ferdinand, they're the band, band a pulpit. put out a song about how Sam Mendes and the producers of 1917 are trying to fool audiences into thinking 1917 is about World War II, if they wrote a hit song about that, that might pierce the the movie-going audiences and the Oscar voters. Yeah. But I don't think Franz Ferdinand has the the uh, cachet to maybe get into a recording studio, or at least soon. And also record a song that is basically a song saying that a movie is not about what people think the movie is. Yes. I don't I think don't they'd know. be able to... I mean, I, I don't can't know. Think of, I used to like them. They might. They might be able to do this. I just can't think of any hit songs off the top of my head that are about that subject. Yeah, I mean, I'm not a... Like, if they wanted to have a hit... I'm a, I'm a movie guy, not as much a music guy, so I can't say for sure. Well, if it could be at the end credits of this movie, but then that would just be a fuck you, because mm-hmm. then it'd be like, you watched a movie not about World War II, we shame were, on you. We've already got your money. We already got thing. your yeah. money. That's like a cruel song to put at the end of this movie, right. but fitting, right? because it is mocking. It is, it is boldly mocking people's lack of knowledge of history. Yeah. And I think that's its most... Disgusting crime of many. And you know what the thing about what what makes this so uh, frustrating is much like the snowman, they gave us all the clues. Mm-hmm. The, yeah. the year is in the title. Yep. It's right in the title. It's right in the title. It's right there, but they know people don't jumble all. They know people, you know, pre-1980s, maybe 70s, people don't know what happened when. It's like, you know, uh, the Beatles on Ed Sullivan and, you know, uh, the Great Depression. Was it the same year? I don't know. Yeah. People don't know. People don't know. Like, was I? Yeah, were. Pearl Harbor and the moon landing. That was the same day, right? Did people come for my silverware while uh, I was watching the Mop Tops singing Can't Buy Me Love? Right. I don't know. I don't know. People don't know. My silverware would sometimes disappear, and I don't know if it was because they were taking it for the war effort. I don't know. We don't know. That's why I don't blame Real America, the people out in the you sticks, the movie-going audiences. I don't blame them for going to 1917 thinking that they're going to see Hitler get blown up. 
I don't blame them. They don't know. No, it's an this indictment is, of our of our of our school system. School system for sure. Yeah. And more importantly, our Hollywood marketing system, which is as broken as our public education there, system. Yeah, there there's crack everything's cracked. Everything's yeah. just shattered into pieces. Yeah. And the other thing about this movie that people are crowing about is that it's all done in one shot. Not true number 1, not true. There's a cuts. lie. There's cuts. But you know who actually do things without any cuts? B.O. Boys. This entire episode this has in, no cuts. We've never had any cuts. The never. only time we cut is at the end. When we just stop it. When we just which stop is not it. A, yeah. Which doesn't count as a cut. No, That's it's not like an you edit. have to stop it. You, you have, have to, to stop, stop at it. some point. So Where's it, our Oscar? Where is our number two placement at the movie box office? We don't cut. We're one take. We're one take. All the, Yes. We're always one take. For all you know, we're about World War II. Who knows when? You don't know when this is set. No. Yeah, you don't know what universe we're working within. Anyway. So 1917 is still, despite down, all of this, is a juggernaut at the box office. Down only 28%. million. 103.9 million. So it's a big hit. Do we, I mean. It's a big hit. But, I ain't clapping for but it. But it's an original movie. If you could say that, I mean, war is an IP. War is an IP, and World War War one, is War is the great IP. World War One is a weak IP, and that's why they are trying to make people believe it's World War Two, which is a very strong IP. Yep. So this came in number two. Number three, Doolittle. Now this was yes. number three, but this is some number two right here. <laughs> Absolutely. This movie made $12.5 million, down 43%, which is not a bad hold for this movie. Although, it's a shockingly good hold. Although it opened at like 30 for the, the four-day. Right. So, we, of course, we missed last week. This opened last week on MLK Weekend and opened as a huge disaster. And it opened on a lot of screens. They knew they had a stinker. This movie cost $180 million, yeah. probably more with reshoots. They reshot... So many parts of this movie. Yeah. His- Robert Downey Jr. Robert Downey Jr. was overdubbed. His voice was overdubbed. Not because- It was because he acted so poorly on set that they just had to be like, you can't do the voice that you acted with on this entire four-month shoot. Well, you we need a new voice. We don't know what happened, but when the gentleman who directed, I think, Seriana- Yes, that is who they bought a, they bought a pitch. Wrote traffic. He wrote so that Stephen Gagan wrote Sirianna traffic, and then the movie studio was like, "You should be the one who remakes this talking farting animals IP." Mm-hmm. That is what happened on Doolittle. They're like, "How he's if he's a great if he's great at drama, comedy must be easy." Yeah, because that's always the saying, right? Comedy is easy. Comedy is easy. Drama is hard. Except they got the saying backwards, and that cost them $180 million. You know what? You got to proofread. You got to proofread these rem- these memos. Yep. Yeah. So this movie is a bomb. Huge bomb. It, he, I mean, as Mendelssohn said, he is not a movie star. That is one of the issues with this. Mm-hmm. And also, Eddie Murphy is Doolittle. Yes. To a lot of and kids. That's and- the IP. This, These two movies, Bad Boys and Doolittle, are the perfect te- – Scott Mendelssohn – Someday when he wants to retire and just become a professor, this could be a course he teaches. IP in movies, box office, 
And a huge part of that curriculum should be Doolittle versus Bad Boys. This is how you do IP. This is how you screw up IP. The Dr. Doolittle IP is Eddie Murphy hanging out with funny farting animals in a low-key situation. It is not someone who's not Eddie Murphy. And it was we've talked about what this new Doolittle remake is. It's about a sad man who's witnessed several female deaths who is crying with a bunch of talking, crying animals. The, the animals can barely talk because they're so they're so sad. They're so sad. They're they're blubbering and crying the whole time. From the, we're basing this just off the trailer. Yeah. The trailer, the marketing of this movie leads with come watch these pelicans cry. Is that a movie that you want to see? I mean, obviously it wasn't cuz Doolittle has bombed thoroughly. It's at 44.6 million. It's probably going to keep going lower. I mean, the only reason it did halfway decent is there's nothing else on here for kids other than Jumanji. Right. And that's been out for a while. It's been a big hit. And like we were talking about uh, last week, the fact that this made 30 million on such terrible reviews and everyone not wanting to see it is merely a case of they opened it on over 4,000 screens. And depending on where you live, you know, we live in New York City, coastal elites, greatest city in the world. It's a million movie theaters playing a million movies. You live out in real America in the sticks, mm-hmm. deep into the sticks. You're a plain Billy. You're a plain Billy. Good for you. God bless. But mm-hmm. you're a plain Billy. You might have one theater within 30 or 40 minutes. And if that one theater is a one screener and all they got is Doolittle, you got no choice. You're seeing Doolittle. Yeah. You're you're being forced to practically. Yes, yes. Because because they don't have high speed internet either, so, so they, they don't can't know. just stream something. And they don't know ahead of time what's playing at the theater. Yeah, they're they're most of the people out in real America when it comes to movie theaters, they're flying blind. They're hoping that the theater is still in the same place it was last year. Yeah, it could be closed or moved. Yes, because of flooding. Yes, and they're just like God. I hope the theater is on the same mountaintop that it was two years ago. And they're so happy when they get there that they're not gonna they're not gonna have the feelings we have when we walk into a multiplex and we already know what we're gonna see because we already booked our tickets. Right, and we're annoyed already. Yeah, we're already annoyed. Yeah. yeah, out in real America, they are happy that they survived the journey to get to this movie theater, and they get there and they see on the marquee, the marquee even says. Hey, sorry, all we got is Doolittle. And they walk in there. And they're thankful. Thankful. The plain billies say, thank you, one for Doolittle. But you know what? There is no measure for how many people went there, bought that ticket, and after all that hardship, walked out. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Because we were saying last week. On the on the lost episode. On the lost episode, that 10 to $15 million of, that, of those tickets sold were walkouts. 100%. People who were basically forced to watch Doolittle and then couldn't stomach it. Mm-hmm. And they're like, okay, we're not going to see another movie for two years. Yeah, 100%. So Doolittle came in number three this week. So what did you say its cum is at now? $44.6 million. It's so, It's not going to make back its money in any capacity. Well, it's going to lose about $100 million, they're saying. Because we're looking at... This point, a movie that's probably going to end up grossing domestic, what, under 70? 
Maybe it hit 70. It might hit 70 just because there's got nothing 25? really for kids coming up. Yeah, maybe. But I think that is the absolute ceiling for Doolittle. It's a disaster any way you slice it. Yeah. So number four, we have The Gentleman, which is the Guy Ritchie mm-hmm. return to his wise guy English gangster movies. Mm-hmm which made an okay opening of $11 million. This is along the same lines of a movie we love, Den of Thieves, Mm -hmm. opened in this kind of range, like 13 to 17. I feel like Den of Thieves was more like 17. It did. It did. This is like a a lot of people are saying that this movie kind of um, got lost in the shuffle a little bit with Bad Boys doing so well. Mm -hmm. It was... People are going to see Bad Boys now because of word of mouth, and they're skipping Gentlemen because yeah. it's just Bad Boys for Life is an event, and yes. the Gentleman is Gentleman is a movie you go and see in January when nothing else is playing. Yes, yes. If you're looking for your you know uh, action fix, your adrenaline junkie fix, you're either getting real drugs or you seeing bad boys you're not going to see the gentleman for that fix yeah which i will see this movie i haven't seen it yet but that speaks to i went and saw bad boys for life friday night gentleman came out i still haven't seen it probably yeah. we'll see it this week so now gentlemen one thing to talk about is that matthew mcconaughey is <coughs> leaving the coffin because it's like rough. 1917 oh well actually well, unlike 19 there's no coughs if, if, if an actor coughed in 1917 they would have cut it out they, they would have. They would have cut it out. Uh, it's that movie just makes me so mad. Yep, they would have cut that cough out. We're leaving it in. But, gentlemen, Matthew McConaughey was the star. You know, is Matthew McConaughey's comeback? You know, his reconnaissance totally yeah, it's over. It's on its way. Yeah, I, I think he. We still love him as a performer. Absolutely. I will personally. I will see anything he's in. Yeah. But I cannot say. With you know, in front of you, God and Scott Mendelson, that he's a movie star, mm-hmm. because mm-hmm. he just isn't. He doesn't open movies. No, he's somebody who could have been in a perfect world, and I've said this several times. He should have been our generation's Jack Nicholson, mm-hmm. but the movie industry isn't the same way it was in the '60s and '70s, or even the '80s and the '90s when he was a, a movie star. Right. It, it just or in the 2000s when Jack Nicholson was still a movie which, star. He is a one of a kind talent. Yeah, uh, but I do think McConaughey is as well. He is so magnetic, but the the choices probably weren't as good right as Nicholson's choices. So I mean we can't get into that. But for me, not he's not a movie star, but he is a guy that I will personally go see anything he's in. Right. But that is a personal choice, not a fact. Right. Which stardom is a fact right right you know so what do you i mean you think he's done or is he one part away one big movie away from regaining his ground i mean it's obviously he's not done because i think he is still doing work that people really like you know it's not like he's doing these bad movies that are bombing i mean i guess serenity last year was but, you know, he's making stuff that people are still like, oh, Matthew McConaughey was good in that. It's more the the idea of he's not going to move into the place where, like, Matthew McConaughey above the title means a guaranteed even, like, 18 to $20 million opening. But, again, how like, many people a, can do that? But, you know, you brought up Den of Thieves. Gerard Butler is a movie star in a way that Matthew McConaughey is not. That's very true. You know, because Matthew McConaughey... 
obviously you put him in Interstellar, Christopher Nolan movie, it's going to make $500 million or, you know, whatever Interstellar made. Actually, that was not one of Nolan's biggest, but it was a movie that I'm going to say probably made like 180 domestic. That was still a huge hit. It was a big hit. But that's not about McConaughey. You know, if, I don't want to say Jake Gyllenhaal, but maybe him. You know, you could have switched other people into McConaughey's part in Interstellar. It's still a hit because that's Nolan above the title. But Gerard Butler is a movie star because he will take something like the Has Fallen movies. You know, we just saw uh, Angel Has Fallen. Fallen. This summer. And that movie made $60-something million or $70 million. It's because of Gerard Butler. You know, Den of Thieves will end up being a bigger hit than uh, The Gentleman because of Gerard Butler. So McConaughey is more respected, famous. We love him. But Gerard Butler is a movie star. McConaughey is not. That's I agree with that 100%. Yeah. And, you know, I love Jerry. So I love Jerry Butler. So yeah, it's a win-win. I, I can't complain. Yeah. Talk about a movie that has stars. Jumanji, mm-hmm. Next Level. Number five, only dropped 19%, million for a cum of $283.4 million in its seventh week. These movies are so fun. They give you what you want. It's packed, chock full of stars. The fact that this is hanging on is not because there's not other things to see. It's because people want to see it. They're te- they're seeing it again. They're telling people. They're reminding their friends, listen, Danny DeVito is in this. Aquafina's in this. It's such a great cast that's just like pulling every type of person into the theater. And we mentioned this on the last episode that last weekend was the weekend that it overtook Star Wars. Yep. And it did again this weekend, staying ahead of Star Wars in the Rise. rankings, the weekend rankings. Weekend rankings, it, it, yes. It, it will not end up grossing more than Rise of Skywalker overall, though Jumanji is a much bigger hit than Rise of Skywalker. Our fans will understand that difference. Absolutely. And so Jumanji beat Star Wars, mm-hmm. but also a little movie called The Turning came in at number six, also beating Star Wars wow. with $7.3 million for a seven, $7.3 million cube. Now, this is a movie that was, they were looking at 10 to 12 opening in the estimations last week when so we talked about it. So this is a it. horror ghost movie starring yeah. Mackenzie Davis and Finn Wolfhard from Stranger Things. And you said in the last episode that if this movie did over 12, we'd have to talk about Finn Wolfhard. Yes. And now we don't. We don't. It also got an F cinema score, which is the second time we've had an F this year for a horror movie. The last one was The Grudge, which opened to 11 million and cumed at 20. That's pathetic. Yeah. And that movie is barely in theaters anymore. Now, here's our question when it comes to these horror movies, because we were always in the last couple of times we've had horror movies. We've thought, well, it's horror. So people will go see it. Right. Quality doesn't matter. In the sense that, It's like, just people... There's a, there's a certain amount of people out there who they need horror no matter what. I'm a little bit like and that. And they want quality. They definitely are people who want quality, but they will take a flyer on something mm-hmm. where other genres people might not. Horror fans will say, I just want to see if there's any good scares in it or if the monster's cool or if it's bloody or if it's this or it's that. Right. And these movies... Are they starting to become more finicky, the horror fans? Mm-hmm. 
because we've got something coming out next week, Gretel and Hansel, which looks like it could be another F and another bomb. Right. It's going to be, I'm curious, it has the new prestige horror movement. That's interesting. Made people's, like, what they think is a good horror movie brought up to a level where these kind of horror movies are not going to do well anymore. These stand out more. Your Black Christmas and your The Grudge and your The Turning. Those they're seem... being compared by by audiences to uh, the Midsommar. Witch. Midsommar, yeah. Uh, hereditary, hereditary. Yes, uh, you're right. That's get interesting. Get out. Us. These are prestige movies. You're, that's very interesting that the sort of just slap together a horror movie, put some blood in there, grab a kid who's on the cover of Tiger Beat, you know, throw them together. The digital Tiger Beat, because it's now only digital. It's not It's not on the stand. Sure. I'm sure you could print You could print out the paper if you yeah. want. You can make your own Tiger Beat. If you want to staple it together, you absolutely can. Go for it. Knock yeah. yourself out. They have so, some printers have stapling capabilities. There you go. So it's basically the same as going to your bodega and getting a Tiger Beat. So... That sort of formula for these B low budget horror movies doesn't work anymore because the horror fans are demanding more. And will we lose something? Because it feels like these kind of movies are the horror movies are one of the only movies that people specifically want to take to the theater because of that experience Mm -hmm. of being scared with a group of people. Now, there are big horror movies that have dropped on Netflix and stuff like that, but I do think horror is a communal thing yes and comedies have died in the theater because people are just pulling out their phones showing you funny videos and then laughing together with their group of friends right e-bombs world slowly ate away at you know movie comedy stars but horror hasn't had that so horror is communal in going to the theater and i if that kind of dies it'd be really sad if Horror has to be blockbuster. Right. That's what I'm afraid of. Right. We don't want horror to to only be Marvel. We don't want it to be Marvelized. And and this could happen. Now, I might be be, ahead of myself. I think so. I think the thing to remember is there's always been horror movies that have been bad and bombed. Since the beginning of time, it's not a sure thing that horror has to be a hit just because it's horror. But we have been seeing a bunch of bad horror movies bomb in a short amount of time. So the turning, you know, it looked like a, such a whatever. We watched the trailer uh, last week when we were predicting that it was not going to do well. Based on turning of the screw. Okay. And it's more of a trailer based on the that, like, sound that was in all the Christopher Nolan trailers. Mm-hmm. That, like... Like whatever that sound, you know, it's more of a, it's one of those. Now, as far as Flynn Wolfhard, this is, this is a stain. Yeah, this is bad for him. And it's a warning sign for Ghostbusters Afterlife. Because if that franchise is counting on Finn Wolfhard being such a star that he's going to draw fans, the turning obviously showed his fans are perfectly happy to just Stay home and stream. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he is a guy that probably has a few other movies in the can that are going to come out in between now and Ghostbusters. Mm-hmm. And if I'm the company behind Ghostbusters, Sony, Sony, I might make the decision to eh, some things maybe happen to those the reels, mm. or you know, 
they get pushed or they put somewhere else or something so that people don't get sick of this kid. Because if he has another stinker, because he was in the Goldfinch, too, which is an all-time stinker. That, and that is confirmed. That is confirmed. Okay. He is in, he's not a major part, but that movie's too sprawling anyway, so there's too many characters. Too sprawling by to half. So he's in that legendary stinker. This movie, F Cinema Score. Yeah. One more of these, and they might edit him out. I mean, we're they might edit him out of the Ghostbusters movie. I mean, I, we might see a, a reshoot replacement, which has only ever happened once, and we won't get into it. People know what I'm talking right. about, and it was for other reasons. But will people start doing this? Where will companies start say, this guy is not this guy or gal, or this person right. is not a star anymore because since we shot this movie and it's released. People don't like them. They've had too many bombs. Can they then take that person out and reshoot their parts? So you think because of the turning and if a couple of more Finn Wolfhard movies come out in the next few months and bomb, there is a chance Ghostbusters Afterlife gets re-edited, Christopher Plummer is playing one of the kids. Well, I think probably not. They probably still go in the same age range. I'm saying like a YouTuber or a gamer, like Ninja. Okay. Like maybe Ninja's in it now. Okay, gotcha, gotcha. See, I would have thought they would go with Christopher Plummer because he's just got the experience of doing these quick insert me into a movie last minute. And you also know that you know he has a certain track record of professional uh, ability. Courteous on set, shows up on time, Absolutely. delivers. Doesn't take kind bars home with him. Right. Which is one of the biggest things. Yeah. Uh, Especially on reshoots when you, you got a half the your budget, time bar yeah, budget. Yeah, yeah. I mean, that's the thing with Hollywood. It's like any job. It's show up on time. Be nice. Don't take the kind bars home. Yes. Eat them on premises. Yeah. And you pretty much can- Take one to the parking lot, maybe, but have a bite on set so that you're finishing it. Well, now, see, now you're blurring the lines a little bit, and I worry about- Uh, Have that first bite on set. Okay, but now it's technicalities. I think I really think you should consume the whole thing within the work area. Okay. I think if you, you have could, some you, nougat in your teeth or whatever, well, the caramel in your teeth on your way to the parking lot, that's fine. Well, now you're going too far the other way where you're like, people got to brush their teeth before they leave? No, I mean, no, they don't got to brush their teeth before. They should brush their teeth after they eat every meal. That's just hygiene. But Sure. But basically, Finn Wolfhard, possibly on box office notice, heading into Ghostbusters Afterlife. And we'll see if he's still in it yeah. by the time it comes out. It's not a sure thing. The no. turning was a very bad sign for him. It could have been a turning point in his career mm-hmm. downward one. yes now because let's of the box office being bad and let's talk about stinker of all stinkers <gasps> of course number seven wow already in its sixth week right which oh jumanji's in its seventh week and it's at number five that's weird huh. we've got star wars rise of skywalker down 38 percent 5.1 million dollars a cum of 500.1, wait, 501.5 million dollars. Oh, oh, still under that's Rogue sickening. One. Sickening. Still under Rogue One. So Star Wars Episode Nine, the finale to this 40-year saga. How 40 plus, 40 41, saga, 42. Touted as the biggest movie of the year. It is going to fall under the total gross of Rogue One, a Star Wars story, which was basically like a movie in between other movies. Just a total. Yeah, side story. Side story. The fact that The Rise of Skywalker is going to finish below that is insane. 
It is historic. Mm-hmm. It is underreported. Uh, totally grossly under- underreported. Yeah. So the the now I think there is someone though, a great reporter, a great shining example of journalism. Who could you who could you be speaking? Who of? has been reporting on this and who, just before we got on the air, dropped a huge story about this topic. I think that is the case. Is that the case, Clayton? Oh, oh, geez, yeah. I'm looking right here. Forbes.com. Oh, who could it be? Our friend Scott Mendelson. Scott Mendelson. With this incendiary headline, Star Wars Rise of Skywalker is the first $500 million disappointment. Thank you, Scott Mendelson, speaking truth to power, something we are now f- hesitant to do. But I think we've talked but a lot inspiring. about Star Wars. He inspires me to maybe think about someday speaking truth to power again. Yes. Yes. He is an inspiration. And as it says under his byline, I cover the film industry. That's great. Period. That's it. Not like, I have two cute pets that I like to, to cuddle with. And nope. I He's eat like, avocado toast. No. Movies. Movies. I do movie rights. That's what he says. That's I do movie rights. That's what he writings. wanted to put. Yeah. And they said, no, it's got to be a full sentence. And he said, you know what? That's not the bed I want to die on. That's what he, he wants to die on a hill. <laughs> yeah. But be... Scott Mendelson, great, great man who just has made it his life's work to write about movie box office and only movie box office. An inspiration to us, of course, the yes. B.O. Boys. But I would say it's an inspiration to the world because that is such clear focus. Yes. Focus on what you see some of these uh, quote unquote reporters and you see all the quote unquote articles that they write. They're all over the map. They're writing about this. They're writing about that. They're writing about politics and pop culture and they're writing about shoes, shoes. It's like pick a lane and stay in it. And listen, I love the media. And of course, we're both part no, of the media. I am a brainworm inside its brain. You're I'm, part wig- of the media. I'm trying to eat it from inside. And You're part of the out. media. But there are. Obviously, there is excellence in media. Scott Mendelson is that. So what else does he say about the disaster that is the rise of Skywalker? Well, I mean, I can't even I mean, I don't have time to really read it right now, but it's basically what we've been saying. Yeah. That compared to other movies in the trilogies and compared to other big movies, people are not loving this movie and re-seeing this movie. Right. Well, this is I mean, if if. We were talking about that with Doolittle where there is just so many screens showing Doolittle that by default it had to make a certain amount of money. The Rise of Skywalker is that to the nth degree where it was in some states and some parts of the country almost by law you had to see this movie at some point. So this is not a movie that has made its money based on enthusiasm. It is a movie that has made it's piddling amount of money almost exclusively out of obligation and fear. And it's got no legs. No legs. And that's the main argument, I think, Mendelssohn. And if I'm butchering this, Scott, I apologize because I'm trying to read on air while while also podcasting. It's a whole thing. Right. But And that is that is what's great about Mendelssohn's clarity and something we should learn from. He writes about the film industry. Yes. One thing does it great. So we should also just put this in the show notes. We should put this article in the show notes so that people can read it for themselves. But thank you for being a mainstream media person who is speaking truth to power. Like we said, these are all the things that we've been saying. And now 
it seems more validated. Yeah. I feel more validated that we weren't working in this weird bubble where everybody was protecting this movie. We're not crazy. We're not. Well, we're not. We're not crazy. There is someone on else. On this point, we're not. Yes. On other point, I mean, everyone's crazy about something, you know, but when it comes to the rise of Skywalker being a huge disaster, we're not crazy. It's us and Scott Mendelson, maybe are the only ones who are fighting this fight. But I'll go into battle with just the B.O. boys and Scott Mendelson of Forbes. Oh, I would I would go into any B.O. battle with with those three people. Yes. So number eight, Little Women. Little Women down 26 percent. 4.7 million for the weekend, 93.7 million dollars. We're edging so close to 100. It's going to do it. It's going to do it. This is such a feel-good box office story. And you were saying that there's going to be a point where little women is going to make more than Star Wars. Where it's going to pass it in the weekly yeah, pa- yeah, make more in a weekend than Star Wars yeah. has made. And I think next weekend's going to be that week. So this past weekend, Little Women, what did it make for the weekend? 4.7, and Star Wars only made 5.1. So it's, it's this is going to be the weekend. Yeah. It, are I'm we both be, making that prediction? Uh, yes. Yeah. 100%. I'm going to be so excited because this is a movie with momentum, Little Women. It's got Oscar momentum. Yes. People are going to go see this movie. If they've seen all these other movies and they haven't seen Little Women yet, they're going to see that movie. They're not going to see Star Wars. It has zero momentum. Because you've got... How many more weekends before the Oscars airs? Is it two? It's obviously this it's weekend. It's February 9th or something, I believe. So you've so, got this coming weekend and the following weekend, the Oscars would air that Sunday of the following weekend. Yeah. So you and that's Birds got, of Prey. That's the Birds of Prey weekend. They own that weekend. Sure, for sure. But you're still going to have going into the Oscar night, people are going to feel the need to catch up on the big Oscar movies, Little Women. Of course, is one of them. It's not for Best Picture, as we talked about. Should have got a Best Director. Nom, nom, nom. We don't live in a perfect world. No. But this is a movie that people know they really need to see. Of course, they should because it's great. It's a great movie. And this making over $100 million is going to be such a great thing to see. And again, Sony. Sony, you're making some good decisions here. Yep. I'm very excited for Sony. And this is an IP movie. And it's an IP movie that does the great trick of giving you what you want out of the Little Women IP, which is it gives you the Little Women. You know, it doesn't gender swap or something like that. You know, it 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 doesn't put them in space. It's nope. like the Little Women and Lori got Lori. Lori's in there. They're all doing the things that you love about the Little Women. You know, Lori is 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 adorable, and everyone you know he's a heartthrob. Yep. And Joe is a great feminist role model, and she's a great writer. And, they, and and they're not rapping Little Wayne or whatever weird thing you want to do in your movie to say, oh, it happened back then, but let's put this song in it. Exactly. They're wearing the slap li- bracelets, and they've got skids on. We, you know, right. the 90s little women, nostalgia. They're 90s kids. The Little Women don't become a ska band. No, they don't. They don't. They're the Little Women, but it's still a fresh take. Despite all that, which we... We might it might seem like oh it's stodgy then right they do, but it's a fresh take that's exciting, but gives you everything you want out of the Little Women IP. And that's what a great film does, and that's what a great filmmaker does. Yep. Greta Gerwig. So Greta Gerwig inching towards a hundred million, on her way to becoming a box office 
star director. So let's do this. Let's make a promise. Mm -hmm. When this goes over 100 for next episode, Mm -hmm. let's hand out those millions. Great idea. Let's divide the millions like we did with Joker. That was a lot more money. Billion Dollar Baby, as we know, Joker. But I think this movie, we need to show who deserves the most. Yes, that's a great idea. So that's a big hook. Also, for next week's episode, we're going to divvy up the credit of Little Women, who made it the success that it is. And we're going to show it in money, the most important signpost for success. Yes. Number nine, Just Mercy, which is a movie that is out. $4.1 million, down 30%, $27 million. This is a movie that is suffering from lack of Oscaritis. Yes. If this movie had any nominations, then people would go see it. It's doing fine. Uh, Better than I is. expected once the nominations came out and this didn't get any. Well, people like Michael B. Jordan. They yeah. like Jamie Foxx. They like Brie Larson. These are likable characters mm-hmm. in a very straightforward movie that any other year seems would be very Oscar baity. But this year there's been such a strong crop of movies that it got lost in the shuffle. Yeah. Any other year this would be one of the nine or eight movies nominated for Best Picture. And then number 10. Knives Out. Wow. Knives Out. 3.65 million down only 15%. 151.9 million dollars. Wow. So now has it I think it's passed Once Upon a Time in Hollywood domestically. The, domestically. So on the list of original screenplay movies, it is now I think it will end up having been the number 2 movie released in 2019 just behind Jordan Peele's Us. And it might it has a chance of passing us because I think us was in the one seventies. Knives Out might have another twenty or thirty million dollars in it. People are going to still see it, and if it is up for a best screenplay, it best is. original screenplay, Oscar. If it wins that Oscar, it's going to still be in theaters, and people will go see this movie more. So this movie still has legs. This movie has legs. Yeah. And this is a movie I saw. I I held out a long time. After saying I'm not going to see this movie, you were you went in. You were assuming you would not like this movie yes. the entire time. Yes, because the trailer I wasn't a fan of, the poster I was not a fan of. I will tell you, I really enjoy this movie. I think this is a great original movie, and I think go see this movie if you haven't seen it already, mm-hmm. because it is fun and it's totally worth it, and it deserves the money that it's making. And Ryan Johnson, how happy is he? That he is part of something original and exciting that people are interested in and not that sinking ship that is the Star Wars franchise. Yep. Now they're they're even uh stop they're they're delaying shows that are gonna be on Disney Plus because people are so over Star Wars. They can't even make streamers on their own channel, never mind movies. Yeah. It, it is in disarray. Yeah. And he is coming out smelling like daisies so now knives out what did it make for this weekend 3.65 million dollars and star wars this past weekend made 5.1 will we see probably not this weekend but in the next few weeks we will have a weekend where knives out makes more and goes up higher in the weekly rankings than star wars i would say depending on how the oscars pan out if it gets that screenplay win then I think that it definitely is going to make more one weekend than Star Wars. 
God, that, how personally satisfying would that be for Ryan Johnson? I, I think if I'm if I'm him, and you know, I'm a I'm I'm a sore winner. I would put out a big variety article, mm. and I would just show that. That's a great idea. And I, it'd be me, Ryan Johnson. Me as him, I'm not saying he would do this. No, but this he what seems I would do like a really him. good guy. Crotch chop. Just mm. me and a fucking crotch chop. Mm-hmm. I don't even have to say suck it because right. they know what that means. Right, right, right. So you're, Just, you're with the, the X over your genital mm-hmm. region. Yeah, yeah. And then like thinking suck it. Right, right. And, and I'd and, be like, you know. i just put you know. So you don't even do a screen grab of Deadline showing the box office placement. Or you oh, do. I would That's do that. Okay. I need to have that. Gotcha. But I don't have then to... it's too confusing. Yeah, but I don't if, have... if you don't at least have that in there. Yeah, if I'm just a major director that's doing a crotch <laughs> chop, I'm like a fool. Like, no, that would be confusing. But I don't have to say suck it. Yeah. What I'd have is like, you know mm-hmm. what I'm thinking. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That's great. Yeah. Ryan Johnson won't do that because he's probably a little more career savvy than you are. But that would be cool. And would be well-deserved. But, you know, it would be great if we could get this Patreon going. And let's real quick, <gasps> let's real quick talk about our first Patreon, Rebecca. Rebe- thank you, Rebecca. Thank you, Rebecca. Our first Patreon. We, we, uh, we appreciate it. You also are uh, a great person because you believe that information should not be free. Mm-hmm. And we will do your top fives anytime you want to send them in. If you don't want to do that, that is your right. But just know that if you want to write an email or if you have any sort of box office take that you'd like us to say on the podcast, we will do it for you. We will say anything you want us to say on the air. We are puppets. Yes. We are puppets. Yes. 100%. Yes, puppet. Yes, we are puppets. So what I would say is if you are a wannabe boy, wannabe girl, wannabe P person, mm-hmm. you can go to Patreon, uh, B.O. Boys slash Patreon. You can find it. Give us a little money. It's uh, the money's going to go towards getting Limp Biscuits rolling to be our theme music, uh, an IMDb Pro account because we really need that. Of course, Podbean. We got to pay the bean. Yeah, uh, things like that. But now taking out this full page ad in Variety, that could be a thing that we could do. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. If you are a fan of Ryan Johnson, if you are somebody who wants to pull your money, I would say, listen, we want Patreons for a long time. But if you want to just give us a lump sum towards the ad, yeah, and then you can just say drop like eighty grand in there one month towards the ad, we'll know what it means because yeah. it's the only ad we've talked about, right? So that would be great. We get that ad posted uh, the weekend when it happens, and then you get to bask in the glory. We'll yeah. even put your name down at the bottom of the ad. Yes, yes, you'll be an exec producer of that ad. Yes, that's we'll, a big credit. So that's that's big. But so, that's that's the I would say the thousand plus tier yeah we're looking at you know variety ads you know i'm sure it's i'm sure print ads have become cheaper as the years have gone and like on. a double page yeah 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 because we want a page that's just blank so you know people's attention isn't being pulled by text on the other side mm-hmm. so yeah well, the ear, there'll be an arrow that says over here asshole on oh that that's page. a good idea that's, that's a good an idea. arrow towards our ad that says over here asshole yeah that's a great idea okay so yeah donate like you know, 30, 40 grand uh, and do it quick because I think Knives Out is going to pass Rise of Skywalker in the in the weekend box office within the next few weeks. It's going to yeah, happen. It's happening soon. Um, all right. Should we talk about, because we are going way over, of course, this is a little bit of a double episode because of the lost episode, but should we talk about next weekend? 
Yes, let's talk about next weekend. And thankfully, there's not that much to talk about. There is two big releases, big-ish, you know. Well, if you can call Gretel and Hansel a United Artists release horror movie based on the Grim Fairy Tale. So this is some... Uh, this is some IP that anyone can make a movie on. We could have made a movie. This is a public domain IP. If we literally had no other ideas at all, we could make this movie. Yes. This is not looking good. Gretel and Hansel. Not Hansel and Gretel. Nope. Gretel and Hansel. It's 2020. Yeah. All right. Good for Gretel. Good for Gretel. Well, G comes before H, correct? Oh, okay. So it's an alphabetical it order makes sense, of title. Okay. But it always would have made sense. That should have been the way it was always. Yes. Alphabetically. Yes. Now, we watched this trailer right before we started recording. It is a very um, wannabe uh, artsy horror look to it. Mm-hmm. Like, right away, you watch this trailer, and it feels like a sort of attempt at a big studio horror release that also wants to fool you into thinking it's from the director of like The Witch or Midsommar or one of those art house horror movies. Mm-hmm. Yeah. There's a witch in a witch's hat 10 seconds into this also. And there's, you know, like we've said, there's the hereditary kind of sounds to it. I mean, they don't do a cluck, but, and you were doing, while we were watching it, you were doing the cluck the whole time. I, was so I wasn't the... sure if it was actual cluck or you were clucking. I was doing the, the the hereditary trailer cluck at points when that whatever their other noise was happening yes because they had a sort of noise yeah they had a noise a repetitive noise which these horror movies tend to have yeah it might have been like a violin string you know note so box office pro is saying five million wow that's so low for a big new movie um, but if they're saying five i think it's under gotta then. be lower i think under because you know what the turning if that movie made seven million there's no way this makes five there's no way this makes five because the turning at least had mackenzie davis who is someone you've recognized in something else and finn wolfhard again who's someone you've recognized in something else and it looked bigger budget than this movie this i don't recognize gretel or hansel no, it's all no names, and it's a it's again it's a movie that's trying to fool you into thinking it's art horror, except it has none of the reviews or buzz of a good art horror movie. So it's opening in twenty five hundred theaters, which is a low opening. Yeah, but not low for this kind of movie. It's big for this kind of movie, actually. So mm-hmm. they're trying to wring out as much money as they can the first weekend. Yeah, I say under in. Maybe like a, a $1 million plus. I was going to say, are we, are we talking Playmobil? Are we talking Rock and, the Casbah? Are we talking mm. Gem? I keep wanting that to happen, but I think this is this is a, a movie where that could happen. Yeah, and their their poster image is the witch pulling the long string of hair out of her throat. Is it Have hair or that? is it a string? It's a string or it's hair. It's Either something. way- it's it's gross. some fibers. It's fibers, and it's gross, but not in that enticing gross way. I think it's off-putting gross. I don't think anyone wants to see, you know, a witch pull fibers out of her throat. Mm-mm. And if that's all you got, then you might be looking at a one million dollar open. And also, why are you blowing that on the poster? That should be the big 
that's that should be the big set piece. That's a big scene. Yeah, I mean, I get the idea of use the best thing you got in this on the poster, but that is that is I don't think that's what people want. So we're both saying under. We're saying under, and we're saying possibly a movie that makes under two million dollars. Now here's an interesting movie the rhythm section okay this is blake lively jude law this is a revenge movie this is a peppermint-esque movie Mm -hmm. it is a paramount movie they're saying three day 10 million now the estimates have gone down 17 percent. so this movie it looks like it's not doing well up to its release so it could be bad but what i'm saying Mm -hmm. and i think you'll agree with me Mm -hmm. is blake lively Puts butts in the seats. Yep. Not a lot of butts, but a certain demographic of butts. And and a certain a reliable a reliable uh, batch of butts. I will go over. I agree. I think this could make like thirteen million possibly. Yeah, we're not talking twenty, but we're definitely. I think it can make over ten because it's her. People like her. Mm-hmm. Also, it's a female-driven action thriller, which is. All the other action movies are very male-dominated right now, mm-hmm. and I think this would be a nice nice change of pace for people. Yes. I will see this movie because I like action. I like Blake Lively, and I'm interested in the concept. So according to this movie or the, the, the preview, her family dies in a, in a plane crash, and it turns out that it was not an accident, and she goes for revenge. That's pretty, that's pretty good. And Jude Law's hanging out. And people like Jude Law. They don't love Jude Law, but they like him. He's definitely a value add. Yeah, they're not going there because he's in it, but he's definitely not keeping them away. And and I think Jude Law's presence, what it does is tell you, yeah, this is a real movie. Yes, it's it's a it's a comforting aspect. You know, it's it's him being on the movie poster lets you know, yeah, this movie was, uh, you know. It, it was a SAG production. They yes. had Crafty. Yeah. They had, you know, top of the line stuntmen. They got bumps if it was if there was rain or smoke involved. Yeah. They would get a smoke or rain bump. Yeah. Jude Law's in the movie. They recorded the audio correctly. Everything synced. And you know what? Even if they didn't, they'll fix it. Yes. Yeah. They'll fix it. Yeah. So I think I think Jude Law, which when you compare it to something like Hansel and Gretel, which has no movie stars. I kind of think, you know, Hansel and Gretel, who knows if the audio and the video are synced. Oh, it's not a guarantee. I Yeah, I would go in there just thinking it's 50-50. Yeah. Yeah, so good for Jude Law letting people know that, you know, the color correction is going to be fairly even in the movie. Yeah. So what do we think about our top fives? Okay, so let's see. You want me to go first, or do you want to go first? You always go first. I, I like you to go first. I just like it. Well, Bad Boys, number one, repeats, for sure. Yeah. I think that's a no-brainer. Number two, it's got to stay the same, because neither of the new movies are going to finish higher than 1917. Number three, um, what did Doolittle make last weekend? Do... Doolittle made twelve point five, but I do think that that will go down. That definitely that'll go and down. And Gentleman made eleven. That'll go down. And then what was Jumanji at number five? What did it make? It's seven point nine, so eight million. Okay, so then I think number three will be the rhythm section because if I'm thinking that that movie makes twelve or thirteen, then that's got to be number three. Number four, 
I think we start to get the jump where Doolittle really falls off a cliff. And I'm going to go with Jumanji bumping up to four. Okay. I think Jumanji four and Doolittle five. Okay. That's, I think those are really good moves. So, which is, you know, I try not to do uh, what I hope would happen into what I think will happen, but it will be a big feather in Jumanji's cap if it starts continuing to like move up this far into its run. Well, because we know Gretel and Hansel has has no shot. Gretel and Hansel is going to make like two million dollars the most. It's it's a total non-factor. Okay, so obviously I have to go. Bad Boys 1917, 1-2. I just think that's going to be how it goes. Yeah. Uh, again, I do think Rhythm Section is going to do enough mm-hmm. to be in three. This is where I'm going to deviate mm-hmm. only because I feel the need to deviate. I think I'm going to go do little, and then I'm going to go Jumanji. Okay. Interesting. Interesting. I think Gentleman falls out. Yes, Gentleman Gentleman is going to end up making like $4 million next weekend. It's going to be such a non-factor. Yeah. But that depends. Like Jumanji could drop down to that, and then I think, if anything, it'll be really close. Yeah. So there we go. There we go. Man, what an episode. Packed, packed episode. Uh, this episode will be released, I'm assuming— we 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 did not die on the hill. We were not angering the handlers and enablers of Chrissy Hemi and his faux MS MS status. Yeah. So I think we're clear. I think that you know the new world order of box office will allow this episode to get out. I mean, we'll see. The proof is in the pudding. Yeah. After we check this file. But anyway, Pat, where can they find us? If they want to, if they want to, well, well, they, they could email they us. Can, yeah, they I can hope. Us. I hope you know that the 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 powers that be allow the email to. They exist. can find us anywhere. Obviously, I'm not asking where they can find us because they can find us anywhere. Yes, yes. Where can our bo want to bo boys, want to bo girls, want to bo peas find us? You could email us at the bo boys podcast at gmail.com. Let us know. You know. Let us know your predictions, your general box office thoughts. Just email us. We, we love reading emails. If you're listening to this show, you want to talk about box office. And who better to talk about box office with than the B.O. Boys? Yes. We know you're aching to have a hot take on 1917 or Jumanji or Star Wars. We know it's inside you. It's burning inside you. Let the burning go. Get yes. the poison out. Let we'll the repl- poison out. We'll reply once. You get one free reply. And then that's it. Um, and, and thank you to all of our wannabe O boys and wannabe O girls and wannabe BOPs who reached out this week, frantically reached out. Where is the new episode? What happened? A lot of, of course, Rebecca, our, our patron, mm-hmm. patron, and uh, Josh, who we mentioned a couple of weeks ago, uh, big, big supporter. Um, Scott, Sarah, all of you, email and reaching out. Where is it? I had someone who reached out and said, 
is 1917 still number one? Oh, so she this is didn't a, know. Oh, that is that she makes me. She didn't know because our episode hadn't come out. She didn't know if 1917 had beat Bad Boys opening weekend. She didn't know because the episode wasn't out, and my heart broke for her. Yes. When I saw that, when I saw that message, just my heart broke, but I also felt more important than I ever have in my life. Yes, yes. So that felt you good. You did that to her. Yes. Well, that day I did that to her. I realized what the world needs of us. Okay. So that was, that 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 felt good, but I never want to have someone be so thoroughly confused as no. she was when she sent a message, is 1917 still number one? That's no way to go about the world with that level of, I don't want to say ignorance because she just didn't get what she needed. That was on us. It's not on her. No. So hopefully you're listening to this right now. You know you have the information about box office that will allow you to go into society and excel. Talk at the water cooler. Talk at the the jewel charging station. Yeah. Now you can talk about BO. Yeah. So on that note, I think we've done it. Yeah. Don't see 1917. I'd like to say that. It's not about World War II. Exactly. It's about World War I, so don't see it. And till next time, we'll, we'll smell you at the box office. office. Yes, nailed it. <laughs>